This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Monster. Well, it's perfectly obvious, isn't it? I mean, that construction crew is building right on top of it. They're digging the damn thing out. After midnight tonight, it's going to happen all over again. Are you referring to the monster again? Yes, the monster. What the hell do you think I'm referring to? Lloyd, you're a legend around here. Your movies, they're part of this town's history. I mean, other places, they've got uh, Paul Bunyan, Babe, the Loch Ness Monster, the Pope. Well, we've got you. Welcome to Continuing Drag, the podcast for and by Limp Biscuit. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? I, I wrote down, I think, my favorite line of this movie, which was, I make Satan look like Tinkerbell. That's my favorite one. That's pretty good. Who said that? I don't even remember. Jamie, do you remember who said that? I don't remember who said it, but I do remember the line. Yeah, it was a good one. The The, the screenwriter was just high-fiving himself after that one. Well, as you can tell, listener, we're joined by a guest today to get into Monster. It's a first-time guest to the podcast. Welcome, Jamie. Oh, thank you so much. Super pumped to be here talking about Monster this week. Well, that's great because uh, we're excited to have watched uh, another movie with an exclamation point at the end of the title. You don't get enough of those these days. No. Yeah, well, the first the first one was the Leonard Nimoy one, right? Yes, baffled. Baffled. Baffled exclamation mark. Uh, before I get into it, Jamie... We like to ask first-time guests uh, what their kind of history is with sort of sci-fi TV, whether you're like a, were a fan before or uh, growing up, or whether this is just something you have no interest in in general. Uh, I definitely grew up as a sci-fi watcher. Both both my parents were very into it. So as a youngling, uh, was kind of grew up on the X-Files, like the classics like Star Trek, Star Wars, all of that good stuff. Nice, nice. All the greats. All, all of the classic, fantastic sci-fi. I've only recently started to get into the to the bad sci-fi stuff. <laughs> wait, so you didn't watch the monster in the nineties? <laughs> oh, 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 wait. Yeah, no, that was that was great, great, great. This great was film. a good one. This is a good one for sure. Oh, just like loved it through and through. <laughs> well, listener, we're watching the nineteen ninety nine TV movie Monster this week. I, I'll be honest, I looked into any information I could find out about this movie um, other than it being on the Sci-Fi channel, and I only got that information <laughs> from a YouTube comment. I can find no information about this movie. Yeah, it doesn't seem terribly well-loved, huh? Um, the YouTube comments, people were jazzed. Yes, they would disagree. <laughs> they would disagree. They were like, I can't believe this exists. I've been looking for this forever. 24 years later. <laughs> that really got me pumped up to see it, and then it kind of all went a little downhill. And, and I should just say, I, I Jamie did pick this movie, and I gave her a couple options, but I did pick all sort of what I thought were going to be kind of bad TV movies, because Jamie's a bit of a TV movie, bad TV bad movie expert. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why I think we're in this, uh, this uh, genre. So this is your fault, Jordan. Well, yeah. it's I would say fifty. I would say fifty percent my fault. Fifty percent my fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I gave you only options that are bad, so yeah. your only option was failure. <laughs> was going to be a bad movie. Okay, I'll take seventy-five percent. <laughs> okay, I can, I can agree to that. Well, I did find out the director of the movie, uh, John Lafay. Lafay? No, I'm mm-hmm. going to try it again. It's spelled like mafia, but with an L. So Lafia, maybe. <laughs> Lafia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
he was the co-writer of Child's Play and director of Child's Play too. So, I mean, that's some sort of pedigree, I guess. I'll tell you the uh, I went through the cast and stuff, and uh, uh, I, I looked at that as well as the director and writer. And there's not a lot of stuff. But you're right. There's a few little um, credits that stick out, but I don't know if you noticed their guy. There's a character in this called Nate who we'll have to have a conversation with about. He's the guy they mm-hmm. meet in the diner. Yeah. Who's doing an accent or something? We'll say. And uh, his, he's by an actor named Brendan Cowell, and he's currently in Avatar and Avatar 2. Oh, he's the wow. biggest successful actor of all of them. Now, I don't know what his character is because I wouldn't watch those movies, but if you like Avatar, he's apparently a character. <laughs> so you think he's the bigger star than the lead Tobias Mailer? I do. I think he's, I think he's had a better career. Well, Even though you just watched Tra- Tobias Mailer very recently, within the last what was it? two months. What was he in? He was in First Wave. <laughs> He was in First Wave? He was... I looked it up. He was in the clip show in the final episode of season one. Oh, who did he play in that? He was one of the guys driving a car in that dimension full of used cars. Oh, in one of the episodes we didn't see. I see. Well, I mean, I don't know how big First Wave is, but fair (laughs) enough. Whoa, he was also in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So, also a classic. Pretty big, Jordan. Pretty big. He's huge. Okay, I take... Sorry, guys. I feel like... I'm getting a lot of blame here. I picked this movie. I'm taking 75%. I didn't know about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Come on now. Was that not one of your, your go-tos, Jordan? Yeah. Sabri- I, knew, I never saw that show. They had a talking cat, right? A little animatronic cat? Yeah. Missing out. Missing out. What were the... Uh, the and there was like... She was with her aunts. I know the basic premise. Yeah. So you, you pretty much know the show. Yeah. What were the aunts' names? Do you remember? Zelda and... Oh, I can't remember the other one. It's been forever since I've seen it. 50%. That's pretty good. Yeah. This is the perfect lead-in because I did a little <laughs> research into what was happening around the time this show was broadcast on November 12th, 1999. And two days before Monster premieres, Kieran Shipkesborn, star of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and of course, oh. Sally Draper from Mad Men. Mm. She was she was like a real a real real thing for a bit. Is she still real popular with the kids? Yeah, she's on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Was it still going? Yeah, on Netflix. Oh, okay. Sorry, I don't know. Jordan, keep up with what the kids like. <laughs> I, I know what the kids like. I've always said I have my finger on the pulse of today's youth, you know? Do you just talk to your niece about fish? <laughs> fish? The 70s cop show with a Bugoda. Is that what you do? You sit down with her and say, let me tell you about fish, honey. <laughs> I, thought you just meant, I thought you just meant fish. I was like, hey, let me tell you about haddock. Yeah. A good cod, you know? <laughs> I mean, either could be true. Yeah, uh, And the only other little piece of information around this, and maybe more appropriate to a science fiction podcast, is November 20th, 1999, China launches their first uh, Shenzhou spacecraft, which is uh, the spacecraft that will send their first manned mission into space with a couple years later. So China's entering space as this movie's coming out. Hmm. Is it still up there? It, Everything's still up there, right? Space, no, I think it came down. It was to test if it would come back. It's because they're going to send people up in it. Ah, I see. <laughs> and not everything's up there jordan as i told you before the podcast a uh, satellite just fell on my country <laughs> that's right yeah well there's a lot of space garbage and finally before we get into this movie because i know you guys are dying too jordan <laughs> there were three continued reg series on the air when monster Oof. premiered what are those three series 1999 it's 1999 i'm uh i'm in high school i'm uh I'm looking cool. I got a lot more hair. You're getting ready for prom. It's going to go great. <laughs> yeah, it's not. All right. Come on, Luke. You know it's not going to go great. Right. So do the uh, listeners. 
<laughs> have we ta- have I talked about that on the air? Yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing. Um, uh, I forget where we are sometimes. Anyways, it did not go great. But uh, what was I- I'm gonna say? Uh, Freaky Links? Nope. Um, what was that show where they're in a in a um, in a dimension? It's all evil, and the the guy Santiago, he's the bad guy. Uh, Harsh Realm. Yes, yeah. that is one of them. Okay, I'm glad you could translate for me, Luke. Um, <laughs> and what are two other shows we would have seen? They're both t- shows, not TV movies. Yes, they're both TV shows. Oh, um, uh, Threshold. No, no, no. That's you always think that's in the '90s, but it's not. I'll tell you, Jordan. I don't know. It's First yeah. Wave and it's Sliders. <laughs> Two we were just watching. Yeah, we're currently currently in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about them. At any rate, that's enough. That's enough preamble, I think. <laughs> Here is the IMDb summary for Monster. Could you tell I add an exclamation mark to the end of that? Yeah, I did. Oh, for okay. sure. You, you gave it something. Thank you. Tragedy strikes a small town's monster film festival when the monster featured in the films comes to life. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I think that's sort of the plot. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what happens. Is that exactly it? I mean, I'd say so. Can I just start with does does this thing does this thing hold together? Like the ba- the basic premise they're basically having that is like something something is happening to this town as a whole. Does this make sense? Yes, of course, it makes perfect sense. Okay, it makes perfect sense then. I don't know. I don't think it does. No, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, essentially, no. this movie is really out of the mold of the Scream franchise. Is that a screenwriter somewhere said? What if we made a meta horror movie, but it's about a monster movie from the fifties? Right, but they they also want to. They have the idea, but they also don't really want to make the effort of figuring out how that would work. Oh, yeah, really, no, no, right? they're not it's a like, good screenwriter. No, they they right. put zero effort into figuring it out or even explaining it to anyone. I do believe there's a line midway through where someone says, "Don't ask me. I didn't come up with." It. <laughs> That's uh, old, uh, old. What's his face? Uh, Lloyd, the biggest star in this movie. Yeah, yeah, Lloyd, played by uh, Emmett Emmett Walsh. Every, every time someone asks him something, he's like, "I don't I know." I don't know. And like, oh come on, guys. It does kick off in a grand fashion because what we're seeing is an in-world 1950s hit film, also called Monster, in which a handsome teen hero pulls some real Fast and the Furious stunts in a jalopy. I gotta say, I've never seen a jalopy move like that. <laughs> It's, ye- it's yellow with uh, is this is this the this is not Lloyd's one right? No, I don't believe so. This is in the in the black and white film. It seems to be a different a different hot rod of some sort. Right. And he arrives at a movie theater in this film just in time to see a monster claw his way through a screen, threatening the audience. To which he pulls out his handy Tommy gun, and then throws an explosive into the monster's mouth while shouting, "Let's go, Daddyo!" At which point the monster explodes and the 1950s movies ends with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. Like probably my favorite line of the entire movie, let's go daddy-o. And I knew at some point it was going to return. Because it was, it was too good a line. It was a highlight. I would say the opening of this movie really like is the best part of this movie. <laughs> now, qu- quick question. Do you think they should have just made this actual 1950s monster movie? I feel like they almost would have done a better job of that than trying to do this like ironic take on it you know just make a 1950s movie yeah i mean you're probably not wrong although i mean maybe they only had that good 15 minutes of the movie anyway so maybe they're just like at least this is good yeah yeah fair enough but the point is this is setting things up you're going what is happening it's like uh uh what's happening in in the movies happening in real world i can't believe this that's what you're saying as a viewer yeah that's exactly what you're saying 
<laughs> I believe the camera pulls back and it reveals that um, a psychiatrist is actually showing the film to a now elderly star of the movie, Lloyd, as we've mentioned, played by M. Emmett Walsh. And um, apparently it's now we're seeing him quite far in the future. He's quite elderly now. I mean, I'm trying to debate whether the teenager in that movie would be this old at this point, but maybe that's the right timeline. Well, this would have been, yeah, well, it's 40 years later. So, yeah, he does, he's, you're probably right, he's probably about 10 years too old. But he has apparently been causing trouble at the old quarry. Um, there's some new construction <laughs> happening there, and he's telling everyone that if they unearth the quarry, they'll release the monster from the movies he starred in. And there's a question around sort of his sanity around this, because in this world, he still lives in the town in which they filmed the movies he's a star of. And it's not just one monster movie. He made seven monster f- movies inside of the monster franchise. So, like, he's been at this for a long time. And they pepper the titles of these movies throughout the course of this TV movie. And I'm curious, Jamie, can you name, beyond the, beyond the like, first movie, which is just called Monster, can you mm-hmm. name the six sequels? Yes. Yes, I love this. I kept track because I thought, this is hilarious. I'm going to need to know this by the end. <laughs> All right, quick question then. Jordan, do you know what they are? Absolutely not. All right, great. Jamie, it's up to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, they first say Monster's Revenge. Then it's Beware of the Monster. Then Sister of the Monster. Shadow Monster. Night of the Monster. And the Monster Fights Back. Shadow Monster. I yeah. missed that one. Yeah. I think that's the best title of them. I think Shadow Monster is the one I'd, I'd want to go rent. Go to Jumbo Video. Here is what, here's what I was trying to write them down, too, because I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder if they'll name too many movies. Did you say Legacy of the Monster? No. Was that one? That was one they said, too. They said Legacy of the Monster. So they, they made a seventh. A, there's a seventh sequel they forgot about. <laughs> Just in case. Because I know I like started to try and like write down what happens where. The park downtown where the monster eats the Girl Guide Scouts <laughs> Was Monster's Revenge. I love this. Then the police station is where Monster fights back. And that's where he attacks the sheriff and everyone dies. I'd have to like scroll through all my notes. But yeah, I started to like keep track of where things happened in which movie because I just thought it was hilarious. And you needed to know. Yeah, I I love that you did that because I was also watching for that. And I was really hoping they would name too many movies. And I'm so happy that they that did. That they did. I'm glad yeah. they did. Yeah. It's not surprising. Like, this was written by uh, people who went on to do great things, as we've already previously mentioned. So. Yeah, yeah. This was definitely someone's, like, weekend. And they have emailed it in. And they said, well, I'm done. I'm off the project. Yeah. <laughs> Complete. At any rate, what we know is Lloyd might be going a little crazy and the doctor is worried that he might be a risk to himself in the community so he's called lloyd's only living relative to come take care for him his grandson travis yeah now let me say what do, what do we think about travis how is he as a lead for this movie what do we think of his uh his uh his charisma his presence his character he is the most generic white hero we've seen ever <laughs> mm-hmm. He he really is. I actually feel bad because I I don't know anything about this actor. I assume he didn't. I don't think he had a, a, a terribly long, uh, illustrious career. But he is just so blank. He's just so blank to the point where uh, there's a scene where later on where it's a little bit darker. There's a few characters in the uh, 
uh, Jamie, where is it they go? And it's like all like wet and it's underground. In the storm drain? That's the yeah. one. They go in the storm drain. <laughs> I, I knew you'd know that because we were talking about it earlier in the week. Storm drain. And uh, I couldn't tell which one he was because he's so generic and blank that there was two white guys and I couldn't tell the difference between them. Yeah, he's really out of that mold of who's just like sort of handsome, but like also working for this amount of money. Yeah, I think they were trying to go for like that classic 90s like heartthrob and they could only afford him. So they're like, oh, we'll make it work. <laughs> the cast is uniformly like TV movie. Like it's it it screams TV movie, like everyone. Uh, the, the actress who plays Jill, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone, it's just like, they're all just so they're not even quite up to like hallmark christmas movie level i like travis's introduction because what we see of him is he's being driven into uh the town of new purgatory yeah apparently in a stranger's pickup truck who he's never met who's giving him a tour and i was just like how did travis get here did he hitchhike into town yeah i thought the same thing because my thought actually was i was like okay so he he's from far away he i guess hitchhiked which doesn't seem like he's maybe the most reliable person to take take the grandfather if he doesn't even have a vehicle. But then I, my thought was, let's say, okay, so let's say whatever, something happened and he had to hitchhike to get there. How is he planning on, was he planning on living with the grandfather? Because I, I assumed he would be taking him somewhere. No, I believe his plan is, because he quit medical school to move back That's here right. to take mm-hmm. care of grandpa. I love that they have him be a uh, uh, quit medical school, but it doesn't have any real use of this movie except for the, like the very last scene. Because it's not like you're like at some point in the movie you're like, oh, he is a doctor, see, so he knows how to stitch a wound or something Whoa. like that. It's not. It- I think you. I think you're forgetting the scene where they examine one of the dead bodies' remains, Ugh. and he comes in with his knowledge because yeah, but he went to medical school. Yeah, but he. He's just being a smarty pants for one. And, and two, the doctor doesn't buy it. And it's not like he has monster knowledge. Oh, the doctor buys it. Do you think so? The doctor lifts a strange man into a morgue and just mm-hmm. shows him any remains he wants. Yeah, that was like a weird, weird scene. But they do have a line. They have a line in it where he's like, he's like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, he so probably shouldn't. He probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> they easily explained it away with that one line. Mm-hmm. You're right, though. I take it back. You're right. It's very important he's a doctor because of that scene. I take it back. Good. <laughs> but as Travis gets into town, he's he's dropped off. He's not sure where the psychiatric facility his grandfather's being held at is. So he just gets dropped off in front of the movie theater, crosses the street, walks into the local diner where he immediately meets his love interest, the waitress who will follow him around for most of the film. What did you say her name was? Jill? Yeah. Jill, yeah. But more importantly, he meets a posse of Limp Biscuits. <laughs> and I gotta say, there's so many Limp Biscuits in this movie, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I didn't know at first what, what they were doing. I, maybe I'm just so removed from this time. Is this how people spoke in 1999? Is this a genre of person? I like that you're so removed from the teens in a movie when you were a teen. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't know. He was just like, I, I was like, they all look like they're from like four non-blondes or something. They've all got, all got like like top hats and goggles on or something. I was like, what is happening? I mean, this is supposed to be a comedy, a uh, horror comedy, and the, I, I mean, I'll give them this, it's, they take swing for the fences, in, in a 50s movie, there's going to be a lot of teens, and I guess the writer was like, they're always greasers in 50s movies, so what is the cultural artifice, artifice that we can put on these teens, and they're all white kids trying to talk like rappers, is the idea, mm-hmm. and I will say, yeah. when... 
Travis meets them. It was when I liked Travis the most this movie because one of the Limp Biscuits comes up, just starts talking in this insane, like, l- lingo that he shouldn't be using. And Travis says, what are you doing? Why are you talking like that? And then he punches him in the face. And I'm like, all right, well, I like Travis. <laughs> yeah, and it also it also charms Jill because if, if you don't have them have, a, like, any conversation because these two, the two leads have zero chemistry. Yeah, but Jill, like, is related to Nate, who Travis punches. I was blown away, by the way. Did, did they say that until later in the movie? Because I only caught it later in the no. movie, where they're like, it's his brother. And I was like, what? That's her you brother? You missed the whole scene where after the cops leave. Yeah, I did. And they, like, are like, oh, we'll let these guys go. She, like, brings Nate's face and is like, oh, I'm going to have to tell dad about this later. <laughs> I did miss that. Like, so that's how they break it, like, that they're related. <laughs> Jordan, I think you need to take 100% responsibility for this movie because I can tell you picked it because you didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just co- coasting through hoping no one notices. <laughs> My favorite scene of the meet-cute at the diner between Travis and uh, the waitress, Jill, is... This little piece, and I don't know if you guys caught it. It was some of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite bits of the movie. Jill's like, you have to order something if you're going to sit at the booth. So she hands him a menu. And the menus are these, like, specially built, uh, like, clipboards with a monster on the back of them, basically. Like, showing you that, oh, the monster's big in this town. The actor, Travis, receives the clipboard. And then he clearly is like, "Uh uh-oh, the menu must be on their side because the side I'm looking at is blank. He turns it around. That side is also blank. So he's now turned both sides of this clipboard to the camera. He quickly turns it back and then continues delivering his lines as if he's reading off of it. And I was just like, you guys decided to just keep this taken, eh? Where he, like, clearly is trying to find the writing on the prop. There's no writing. He gives up and continues. It's a secret menu, Luke. It was my favorite scene where it just like they're just like, one take. You get one take and that's it. If you mess it up, we're keeping it in. Yeah. But the whole point of this is, and I, I didn't know if I quite understood, but like, I guess it's supposed to, as you said, kind of part of their meet cute is that like, he just wants directions to the psychiatric ward or whatever they call mm-hmm. it in this movie. And everyone, every time he kind of asks someone, they're like, think he's joking because the, again, as you said, Luke, like this town's really big into this monster and the monster festival. So everyone's sort of like just in the, in the spirit of that. So when he's asking for that, they think he's like kind of joking. So she makes him order breakfast because you're not allowed to like talk to the waitresses unless you order breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She implies that that is a rule at the diner. So you can't sit at the diner unless you're like ordering food. Although much later on, we come to learn she owns the diner. So she's just making up this rule on the spot. Yeah. It's just, it's just a part of it. It's supposed to be like cute. And I think it's just a way to extend the scene, but um, I was kind of hoping to see what the breakfast was going to look like. There's nothing on that menu. You can't know. No. I know. <laughs> They're out of eggs. At any rate, the cops show up. They uh, break up a fight that Travis is getting in with all the Limp Biscuit kids who are there. And they find out he's the grandson of Lloyd, the local town legend. And they're like, why didn't you say anything? The cops call off all charges about the like physical assault. And they say, let's, let's drive you. We're going to drive you down to meet your grandpa. Uh just like all small towns, the police here are very corrupt. <laughs> well, they, they understand the power of celebrity. Travis goes. He signs out his grandpa at the, uh, at the institution. We get, this is where we get to see grandpa's great 50s hot rod, Jordan, the one with the flames painted down the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like the car. I thought it was a good car, and I actually thought they could have used it a little bit more in this movie. I thought it was going to be like a kind of a reveal, and it was going to be a bigger part. And they sort of do like drive it around at the end. But uh, 
yeah, I don't know. It was it was a good looking car. I'll give him that. That's a point. Do you regret that new car you bought when you saw this one? Did you realize you made a mistake? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when I could have got yellow with red red flames, and then people know one, you're fast driver. Two, so fast. You're a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, real cool dude. You can still paint flames in your car, I think. Yeah, and roll down the windows and blare some Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah. You should think about it, Jordan. <laughs> think about it. I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> Travis, of course, has annoyed, as we've said. He's back. He's had to give up medical school to be back with his grandpa. And his grandpa's not really helping the situation. He keeps explaining to his grandson that every three years, the monster attacks this monster film festival that happens this weekend. And he kind of goes into this long explanation around how it works. And this is kind of where it gets into kind of the scream sort of-esque logic of the movie, where he talks about... There are movie rules when the monster attacks, and Grandpa always, every three years, plays the role of the, quote, town hero, and so he has to obey these movie laws in order to defeat the monster, and essentially what that means is the monster will have the same pattern. It's like he attacks some making-out teens, attacks some skinny dippers. You have to beat him during a freak storm. I guess every time this happens, there's a girlfriend who is the daughter of the town doctor who's always named jane jill or sally so that we know the waitress is obviously going to be the uh, girlfriend of it but it raised more questions to me because well, how old's uh, emmett walsh in this movie uh, 95 years old <laughs> he's he's honestly he's probably only in his 60s to be fair he looks much older but he's probably only in his 60s but if this has happened every three years since 1969 as they say so three years ago like 92 year old emmett walsh he had a girlfriend who's the town doctor's daughter, and this happens every time. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I mean, the whole storyline. I don't. In terms of the timeline, doesn't really work. It's sort of those things you just have to kind of like wave away because, yeah, if you start breaking down how long this has been, because even that, it's been like what thirty something years. Yeah, it's it's a lot. A lot's been happening in this thirty years. The key thing here, though, is that with each sequel. And by sequel, he means every time the monster reappears every three years, uh, the monster will have evolved and will have a new. There'll be a new way to kill the monster, and that's the big, I guess, mystery he has to solve every year, every every time the monster attacks the festivals. How is he going to beat the monster this year? Of course, this affliction is a little strange in the town because no one in the town knows it happens. Only he, only the town hero, i.e., Grandpa, knows this happens every three years, and he explains this away by saying that. Anyone who dies during a monster attack during those three years, they cease to exist. Yeah. And th- and then they later on, they have um, Jill talks about her mom, how her mom disappeared. And she's just like, yeah, I don't know. She just like left. Like one day she just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, I assumed what they meant is they like, just like cease to exist from reality. But what, what we, yeah, what you say when they, when Jill brings this up, she's just like, my mother left. and I, We are not curious about what happened to her. We all just have, we're indifferent to her missingness. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's not a great explanation, but at least they, like, kept it consistent as to, like, dropping that line in. I mean, I, again, if you think about anything about this movie too much, it doesn't really hold, it doesn't hold together. But I was like, okay, sure. It's at least, it's a better explanation than, than they give later in the movie where anytime they ask uh, uh, Lloyd something, he's like, I don't know. Don't ask me. Well, Grandpa does have one last little piece of information, Jordan, which really comes in handy, is that... There's probably a way to break this curse where the monster comes back every three years and make the monster stop forever. But I don't think that ever comes back up, does it? I don't think so. I don't think it does. Because they really imply like they're going to solve this whole problem. (laughs) I think they just need to kill him good. So do you think at the end of this movie, this is the last sequel, there's no more sequels? Oh, no. There's definitely a sequel happening. 
So maybe Grandpa's information was a tease for Monster 2. <laughs> Monster 2. Monster Uprising? Monster Back in Town? It's just monsters, exclamation mark, because right. uh, the sequel, ah. he splits into two monsters. Oh, they haven't done that yet. That, that would See? work well. Yeah, that is good. All right, that's better. They had a sequel in the making. <laughs> At any rate, with Grandpa laying out kind of the rules of how this monster movie is going to work in this kind of like meta film within a film, Travis, of course, doesn't believe anything his, his grandfather's saying. So uh, Grandpa Lloyd is forced to sneak out that night in an attempt to uh, face the monster down at the first attack. And the first attack, of course, is classic kids making out in the back of a car. They're going to get murdered. But this time, one of them's a limp biscuit. <laughs> That's right. This is like the most annoying part, but also the funniest part of this movie is that all these teenagers get such long scenes where they have to talk with this like weird like faux rap dialogue and they're all so annoying but you have to sit with them for like two to five minutes while the scene plays out and the writer just i i I just don't know how to feel about these teens because it's what makes the movie stand out but it's also so annoying to watch yeah i i I dislike them in every scene they were in i think it's just confusing as to why they used that sort of trope for the teenagers because i just i just don't think during that time that was a popular thing for teens like clearly jordan doesn't remember that at all (laughs) in his childhood so well i jordan's a pretty reliable uh, narrator so i think we can trust that he doesn't uh if that he doesn't remember it didn't happen exactly never happened okay i know i'm an alien it's not my fault but (laughs) I want to mention one thing, and and Jamie and I were talking about this very, very briefly earlier this week, which is something I think, and I think there's a a scene that's coming up. It felt like there's um, uh, not entire scenes missing in this, but sort of connective tissue scenes where someone would like walk into a room and then go and, you know, you'd reveal where they are, like uh, the actual layout or geography of places is missing. And I know there's a scene where I don't know if we've just passed it or we're about to come up to it where he kind of finds his grandpa in like a missing in like a lab. There was just like a scene missing and that kept happening throughout the movie where I just walks. He walks down to the stairs. No, no, I know. Uh, But there's like there there was a, a bunch of places where people would like walk up somewhere and then there would seem to be like a scene where they would have a conversation, but they would suddenly just be in a place like it happened later at the police department where the cop is getting put in in um uh, put behind bars i know and there was another scene where it just it's what it really just is at least for me was it was just a weirdly edited movie and i know it's probably just it's just the quality but it got to the point where it was confusing me because i just felt like i was missing scenes where like i don't know it's just i just didn't understand the geography of these places it was just me I mean, Jordan, we've already established you weren't watching. Oh, come on now. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching really hard. I was writing notes. There was, like, steam coming out of my head. That's how hard I was watching. <laughs> You're so focused in. Yeah. Laser focused. Yeah. But you, d- you disagree, Luke? You don't think there was... You didn't think it was, like, choppy? Uh, I didn't need more scenes. <laughs> Fair enough. Good point. Fair enough. Could have used less, if anything. <laughs> but yes, Grandpa's gone down to attempt to stop the monster from killing the first uh, casualties or... Grandpa's going to stop the monster from killing these teens, which will be the first casualties in the in the latest iteration of this monster curse on the town. He, of course, uh, fails because, like a real old man, when the teen yells at him, he runs away. <laughs> well, he's 92. 
It's true. What is he going to do? Uh, the teens are very quickly murdered by the monster. And uh, we cut to the next morning. The police have found what's left of the teens' remains and have also picked up Grandpa, who's been wandering around the lake with an axe, and uh, are charging him with their murder. Um, there was uh, uh, my favorite line of the two teenagers when they're like, he's being like really creepy and there's a lot of like innuendo about his his sexual yeah it's a monster jordan mm-hmm. it's a monster it's in his pants yeah and it's a monster there's a lot of lines like but then there's the one line that it's not even funny it just made me la- laugh when uh, they hear something and she goes go and check i'm putting my panties back on <laughs> it, made, it made me laugh and laugh i don't know why <laughs> well i'm glad uh, that's one point right that's jordan. one point i'm gonna use that as my catchphrase now <laughs> With Grandpa arrested, Travis is quite distraught over the fact that his his grandfather appears to be some sort of insane murderer. And with this new information, he goes to the only place you would, the waitress you met yesterday, to just unload all this emotional baggage on her. Uh, Which I thought was very nice of him to go and meet this woman he just met. And when he hears a news report stating that uh, that night a freak storm is expected, he clues in. He's like, didn't Grandpa warn me the movie rule said a freak storm was coming in? And he turns to the waitress and says, let's go and investigate. Leave your job in the middle of the day. And she's like, what? I don't think so. And he's like, you said you'd do anything you needed to to help me. And she's like, well, I was, I was being friendly. And he bullies her till she leaves her job. It worked. We've seen this a lot in these shows now, Jordan. I think we saw it last week on Sliders. That's right. You can just get a waitress to leave her job in the middle of shift just by the slightest amount of bullying, apparently. Well, Luke, when you were working at the, the video store, let's say I came up to you. You're, you're there. You're, 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 you're just stealing cash, whatever you're doing there at the video store. And I come over and I'm like, look, we got to go investigate this monster. You're not going to come with me? You're like, come on. I got to make sure that I, I, I clock out at 4 o'clock. You come investigate <laughs> the monster with me. Yeah, yeah, man. I'll... I'll grab the bong from the back. We'll hit your car. We'll go. It'll be great. (laughs) Travis is now invested. He's in this case. He's going to track down this monster. He drags the waitress to the quarry. They find a huge blood-soaked hole in the middle of the quarry, which a little earlier, which I thought was the meanest part of this movie, we get to see the monster kill a dog. And I was just like, what? And then later we come back to the hole. That dog had a lot of Mm -hmm. blood in it. Apparently it was like a huge, huge dog. With the amount of blood that was around <laughs> that hole. It was it was a lot, and I was very upset by it. But what Travis notices is there seems to be claw marks along the hole that match the claws that he happened to take from the crime scene the police were investigating of those murdered teens. Yeah. Well, and this is, and, and I will admit I was wrong, and this is the point that both of you made. This is where his medical knowledge comes in. Because yes. exactly. he can he he can tell he can tell like what a claw would do to a body apparently what it would do to the ground he can he can just see it and he and he's he can match it well yeah especially in comparison to an axe come on jordan that's true jordan you said very specifically did i write it down uh nope it's something about the last the the lacerations are too vertical to be an axe (laughs) if i was the cop i would have thrown him in jail um but it, it does lead us to uh see the next monster kill which um I assumed would be teen skinny dipping, but his two late 30-somethings going for a quick skinny dip. Yeah, just midday. Midday skinny dip. Why not? Absolutely. And while they're out there, a big old severed cow head floats up. You know what's funny? I only knew it was a cow's head because they'd mentioned it before, but it didn't resemble a cow head to me at all. No. 
Listen, the art department had a lot of trouble making a cow head float. They had to really, like, get a balloon, tape some fake fur to it. They were too busy not putting print on that menu. What I really like, too, is Grandpa hears about this well locked up in the police station. And he says, that's weird. The monster usually only eats people and also small pets, but not cows. So he's very confused by why the cow was eaten. But that never comes up again. Like, he makes a big stink about how they doesn't normally eat cows. And I was just like, where is this going? And I'm like, I guess nowhere is the answer. I think it is really, to, to fair to the movie, I think it's just to establish that, or at least to reiterate that every time it comes back, it acts differently. So this is a this is a creature that has, in, in it, it does different things. And so in this time, it's like, I don't know what to believe because it would never do that before. But again, does it to any effect? Not really. But I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, you love defending this movie. <laughs> There's parts. There's parts I'll defend. <laughs> Travis, of course, now is completely committed. He's like, well, it's his real. Grandpa's right. It's all happening. But no one's going to believe him. The sheriff's not going to listen. No one's going no to listen to what he has to say. So he and the waitress go and do the only thing available to them. They go watch 14 hours of monster <laughs> sequels so they can learn all the rules. Yeah. Yeah, and how many do we actually see? Because they do. Do we see all the movies? Because I know they had some on the table. Or does it? Do they? They've implied they've watched them all, right? I think it's implied that they watched them all. Mm, I think it's implied they watch fifteen minutes, and the waitress yeah. says, "Let's fuck," and then they have sex. <laughs> I mean, because that happens. Well, be, there's so much chemistry between the two of them. They just couldn't help themselves. Okay, guys. Like, duh. It is so funny because they're just sitting there. A movie's playing. The waitress is not watching. She's just staring at him. And he looks over and he's like, and he's like what? Hard cut. They're naked on the couch. <laughs> so the, the, what pro- ends up happening is really it should be that they've missed as much information as I have watching this movie. Because they didn't really watch it. It just kept playing while they were doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's why I didn't Quit watch it. Quit bragging, the- George. <laughs> bragging. I didn't say that's why I was missing the movie. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> when they're post-coital, though, the movie's still playing. And the waitress recognizes a scene in a storm drain. This is the wet place you were trying to remember earlier, mm-hmm. Jordan. That's right. The storm drain. <laughs> and she's like, hey, that's nearby in Elmer's Field. And they're like, sure, let's just go there and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, they got to get from point A to point B. We then get a scene unrelated to the rest of the movie. They'll never discover either. But we see a man go into the storm drain by himself to get his cat immediately murdered by a tentacle. And then the waitress and Travis show up. They stand inside of the tunnel for a second, and the waitress says something like, hmm, I can't remember what happens, but something happens after we get to the storm drain in the movies. And they're like, oh, well, and they just leave the storm drain immediately. <laughs> I love how many times you come back to the storm drain. They seem to go like to it like 15 times. And you're right. I don't know why they just don't go and like use it as a set piece, but they just keep coming back to it. It was very strange. It was just like, we need to fill some time. Storm drain, leave. Storm drain, leave. Also, was I the only one I found? I don't know if it's the YouTube quality, but it's so dark in the storm drain. It's storm there and in the forest to the point where I can't I can't tell what anything's happening. No, you're not wrong. It was very difficult to see any of the darker scenes. Uh, you know, in a TV movie where every other scene is like so brightly lit, for some reason the night scenes are like they're like no, go the opposite. It's super dark. Yeah. The uh, our, our heroes they return to the diner. They find it trashed because when the waitress was dragged away from her job in the middle of her shift. She left her limp brisket brother in charge, and he's he's just trashed the place. He hasn't done anything. And at this point, standing in the trash restaurant, the waitress is like, 
Oh, now I remember the thing I couldn't remember in the storm drain. In the movie, after they go to the storm drain, the monster attacks a teenage party, and my brother and his Limp Bizkit friends all happen to be at a party right now. We better race over there. Yeah, yeah. It's just some time wasting. <laughs> Jordan, I thought you said these scenes don't connect. They all connect perfectly. No, it's not It's not that. There's literally, like, scenes missing is what it is. But I, I will defend that to my grave. There are scenes that are missing in this. <laughs> Well, the next scene's not, because they go to the Limp Biscuit party. It's a slow-mo party. One of the Limp Biscuits is killed. Which one? They all look the same. I couldn't tell you. Larry. I, I wrote it down because I was like, Larry's a goner. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. You you knew it the second you saw Larry. That's it for him. Which one was he that was like, uh, how did he die? It was Larry's party. And he like went outside mm. to like right. take a pee. Like, I, don't, I forget what he was doing. But he was outside like by a whole bunch of cars. And then the monster just like snatches him. Right, right. Tentacle styles. He was the one dressed like Limp Bizkit. <laughs> well, I actually, I actually did like, and I, they didn't do much with it. Like, I, it's a little bit later on in the movie, but when the tentacle grows right through the car into the seat, I thought that was pretty good. This pulling in wasn't as great, but that was. I was like, hey, that might be fun, and then it was really didn't amount to much. But I thought that was a pretty good, almost killed by the monster. <laughs> well, that happens pretty quickly because after uh, Larry is killed. Travis riles up all the teens, mm-hmm. all the little Limp Biscuits up. He's like, let's go to, back to the storm drain. Let's ambush the monster, I guess, on its way back. We get a very long sequence where him and all these annoying teens go to the, go to, go to the sewer drain, only for them all to get murdered except for Travis and the brother Limp Biscuit. And then they escape. And it was just like the longest sequence where a bunch of kids I have no recognition of are all just slowly picked up. And it's really dark. Yes, and it's very dark. Yeah. But the po- I, think, I think what they're doing, and again, it's, it's not terribly effective, but I think what they're trying to do is show just how um, dangerous this creature is. It's just picking kids off like left, right, and center. But it does feel like they're just kind of like treading water for a bit before the big fight. But this does get Travis back to the police station where he breaks Grandpa out. Grandpa Lloyd's going to rejoin the movie after being locked up for the vast majority of it. (laughs) And they race back to Grandpa Lloyd's house, down to his, I guess you called it a lab, Jordan. I thought it was more of a survivalist's basement, but they all go down there. They gear up. You've got all the guns you could possibly need. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad looking. It's sort of like your classic thing where he's got a big table where they can like put weapons on and in the background there's like blueprints and different like things he's been like working on, cases and stuff. I thought it looked all right. It was one of the better scenes, better sets. And finally the movie finds its heart, Jordan, (laughs) because Grandpa and Travis have a real heart to heart about how Grandpa missed Travis's father's death because he was too busy three years ago being the town hero. Yeah, and, and it's where, like, Travis didn't understand why he couldn't have been there, and I guess the dad also, I guess, was conscious enough that he knew that he his dad wasn't there, and it's like, but it was all fine, because he was just here. How do you think the dad died? Um, well, it wasn't a monster attack, I know that. No, we, we've got that cleared up. Lupus? Is it lupus? <laughs> lupus, there we go. It's probably lupus. <laughs> gout? Gout. Can you die of gout? I don't think so. Oof, thank God. Yeah. Have you had gout before? Got it right now, baby. Do you really? <laughs> no. no. Luke, we know someone who has gout. <laughs> Anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> Jordan loves it over with medical history. <laughs> I need to ask before people come on. I need to see a clean bill of health. Clean bill of health. You prefer when they don't have a clean bill of health. Yeah. You like something a little bit weird. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, gout. Oh, come on on. <laughs> 
But this is just all a little prelude to them getting ready to fight the monster. The the waitress has gone ahead, though, because she needs to warn the people at the theater that the, uh, they shouldn't be there. The monsters, they think the monster's going to attack there next. So she does what anyone would do to clear a theater. She runs into the middle of a playing movie, packed house, it's sold out, and she yells, fire. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll say this, it works. They, they run out like I've never seen people uh, clear a room before. We literally see people trampled to death. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally shots of people falling down and getting stomped on. I'm just like, well, she just killed a bunch of people. You know what? Luke, as you always say, if you want to make an omelet, you got to crack some eggs, you know? <laughs> so she, she figured that the uh, body count if the monster attacks would have been slightly exactly. higher. That's exactly it. Than her yelling fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. But it's at this moment, sort of what we saw in the black and white movie plays out in our new color TV movie. And Grandpa Lloyd and Travis pull up in his hot rod as the monster's leaping off the top of the movie. They're lightning striking everywhere. We're finally getting a good look at the tentacled monster we've been seeing in shadows this whole time. And Jamie, how would how would you describe this monster? How would I describe it? Wow. It's like... it. Think back. Think back. It's like spider-like, but with like an alien head. I, I can't, I can't fully describe it. But I loved how they left it to the very like big fight scene to fully uh, show the monster. You just got like glimpses of his like tentacles throughout the film. It's always like dark and shadowy, and then the lightning's kind of like illuminating him on top of this movie theater. But I, w- I wouldn't say he was scary looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he was he was something like krang and konos from the simpsons kind of meets audrey too from little shop of horrors <laughs> like it was kind of somewhere in there but then you if you ran that through a playstation 2 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it didn't it's it does have the problem of 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 like i wouldn't say maybe early cgi but like it's tv you know tv movie quality cgi so it's not great and they need to it to have these action scenes so it just doesn't look great but i would have much preferred if they had like spent the money to have created like even a person in a costume like a cool looking costume i think would have aged better but you know say la vie that's what they wanted their monster to look like it's a 1999 tv movie jordan this is what we always get yeah it is true it's true as they pull up grandpa's got a plan he's got a huge bomb he's got from somewhere i don't know it's like a big cylinder he's shoving it into a huge hunk of meat and he's gonna feed. He's gonna hand feed that to the monster. Wait, wait. Do you think that is that hunk of meat supposed to be cow? Is yeah. this the callback yeah. to the cow? I think it's supposed to be the cow. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! But here, I had a question about this. So, because the whole, the whole point is like they're they're here now. The monster's there. They're ready to attack it. They've like suited up, and he's sticking a bomb in this piece of meat in in a hope of like a sort of jaws thing where it's gonna take it in its mouth and blow its head off. But he's already done this in another movie right so he knows it's not going to work well he says he doesn't know how it works mm-hmm. every movie it could, it could be anything right but uh, but it, i assume every movie it dies in a different way i mean it's in seven movies jordan you can't how many new ways you're yeah. gonna come up with oh i don't know i don't know they killed the jaws and shark uh, the 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 shark and jars fought four times five times <laughs> in, in jars in jars i'm sorry in, in jars? jaws in jaws come on now yeah, but do you guys remember the line that Lloyd says as he hands the bomb over? I do, but Jamie, what what is the line? You know what I liked about Thanksgiving? Leftovers. And then Which is a which is a great line, but what is what does that really mean? It means nothing. <laughs> I think it's because when he puts the bomb inside the meat, he says, "Yeah, I'm stuffing this turkey." <laughs> 
but you don't blow up a turkey. Don't hate, don't hate on a good line, okay? That's true. The movie has very few of them. This is one of them. Don't take this away from Jamie. <laughs> what what had better, Jamie? We just watched. Uh, Jamie and I just watched Total Recall. Uh, what had better? What had better one liners? Total Recall or this? <sighs> okay, Total Recall. <sighs> I feel like Total Recall definitely had better one liners, but I have to give it like this some credit because these were clever. Let's go, Daddy O. Um, Lights out, Junior. Come on. Yeah. These are classic. You could use them in everyday sentences. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Man, Jordan, you and Total Recall, that's your favorite Colin Farrell movie, isn't it? Oh, come on. I wouldn't have shown her the new one. <laughs> I did see that in theaters, though. But yes, uh, as Jamie implied, she fe- he feeds him this thing, says, I love leftovers. The monster just explodes. There's a million pieces everywhere. Yeah. There's flames. The monster appears defeated. But the monsters evolved this movie. It can regenerate now. Yeah, and they did. To be fair, they did uh, drop that line in earlier in the movie, saying they think it could regenerate. I think it's because it they, it lost part of its like tentacle or spike or something, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that's what they found in all those storm drain scenes. Is I think they found like the husk of his new arm or something. They're like, oh no, it regenerates. It all comes together yeah. in the end if you think about it, it hard enough. It all works. Um, and Grandpa knows since the movie scene, the movie theater scene is over, that it's headed straight for quote-unquote, the plant, mm-hmm. which I love because I'm like, what do they do with the plant? Who knows? But what we do know is they have an open vat of liquid nitrogen just sitting at the mm-hmm. plant. And anybody anybody can get in. Like, there's no security. It's a very public plant. Anybody can go in. Is there any kind of um, a factory where they do just have a big vat of, uh, of uh, uh, liquid nitrogen just sitting there? Is there, like, is there a, a, some sort of manufacturing or process where that's needed? Ice cream. Ice cream. What was... And, and, and did they ever explain in Terminator 2 what that big vat of lava was for? Um, it's the same... They probably make the same thing. Whatever they were making in that movie. They were making the same thing. Lava, liquid nitrogen, just depends on what you need. They're the, they do the same it's thing, It's the same right? thing. Ice cream. Ice cream, you said. They race there. It's a very long sequence where nothing really happens at the plant. They stalk the monster. Travis almost gets hurt. Grandpa saves him. The monster attacks Grandpa... We, we get faked out. We think Grandpa's dead, but he's going to be okay. Don't worry. Monster doesn't actually kill Grandpa. They they left the waitress behind at the movie theater saying, you know, don't come. And then she shows up because she's a, you know, it's a modern movie. So she's going to show up and help help at the end of the movie, though. I mean, how much help do any of these people need? It's uh, nothing much happens. Uh, and the monster is lured into the vat of liquid nitrogen uh, via many gu- many shots of a gun for some reason. Yeah, yeah. There's it's it's weird because up to this point it's been a pretty for the most part a pretty violent less movie like there hasn't been a lot like it's been a lot of like um, a quick you know quick action or or you see the result of violence but then this last like whatever 10, 15 minutes of the movie they shoot like eight million rounds of, of bullets in it it is very strange the amount of gun play that suddenly happens yeah with the monster in the vat they're like well we've saved we've done it we've saved the day and as they're walking away grandpa grandpa notices uh oh. The police aren't here yet. That means by movie rules, the movie's not over. And of course, monster pops out of the vat and we get that classic horror movie thing where the monster's not dead yet. And the three heroes unload hundreds of bullets into its frozen body. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, most of the budget of this movie seemed to be spent just on, on this shooting here at the end of the movie. 
it was crazy. It felt like everyone came in. They're just like, just do your best action movie pose for the rest of this scene. That's all we need from you. At one point, Travis has like two handguns. And he's shooting both of them at once like he's from like Resident Evil or something. It's great. When they're doing close-ups on Grandpa and Travis shooting, I noticed they were never cutting to close-ups of Jill shooting. And then I realized if, you're, if you watch over their shoulders, she's firing a shotgun a lot. But she's making duck lips the whole time. She's really pushing those lips together. And I was just like, oh, I don't think any of her close-ups worked. <laughs> With the monster dead, it's disintegrated. It's been blown to a million pieces. They go outside and, and a crowd has uh, gathered around to hail them as heroes. Um, a- another little bit of the movie where Grandpa points out movie logic doesn't make sense. He's like, where does the crowd come from every time? I don't know. Well, you know, the thing is, I actually wouldn't have minded all that so much if they kind of had maybe pushed it a little bit more, like kind of pushed the the humor of how nonsensical this sort of world is because it's movie logic. But they sort of just meet it halfway where they're just they keep going, oh, the audience might ask this. So we'll just throw a line in, which doesn't really it just it barely puts a bandaid over top of things where it's like either either don't mention it or or really push like all these kind of tropes from these movies, you know, but they just sort of like kind of are wishy-washy about it. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not their strong suit maybe is doing a commentary on the movie they're trying to make a commentary. Yeah, but it is what they've decided to do, right? So it's like, you know. Yeah, that's why it's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, they want to wrap it all up. So Travis announces that he'll he'll finish med school in less than three years. He'll return to town. When he gets back here, he's going to put the waitress's dad out of work. He's going <laughs> to toss him on the street. He's going to take over the job of town doctor. And then going forward, he's changing the rules. He's going to be town hero and town doctor. And uh, this gives Grandpa the chance to finally retire from his job of fighting a monster every three years. Yeah. I mean, well earned. And it kind of wraps up and they're just like, what should we do about the monster? And the sheriff is there. He's just like, Grandpa said, take all its bits and dump it in Antarctica. And they're like, okay, great. Sounds good. And... In one of the strange, and I don't know if you guys caught this either, I, all I could notice is these weird performance bits, but the sheriff is congratulating Travis and Jill on a job well done. He's like, good job, you really saved it. And he shakes Travis's hand, and then he pinches Jill's cheek and walks away. And I was like, why did the sheriff just pinch I didn't Jill's notice cheek? that. That's weird. I didn't notice that either. It was very strange, very patronizing. I was just like, mm, I don't know about this, sheriff. And we cut to a quick cliffhanger, because someone's water skiing on the lake, and there's a monster in it? Yeah. That's it. The monster might be coming back. So in three years, we're going to get another. We're going to get, what did you say? It was just James Monsters? Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third movie is Monsters, but the S is a three. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. Like we've set we've set them up for um, success. Already probably put as much thought into that as, as they did into the script. In the time it took us to watch it, we could have written the sequel. <laughs> I was a little disappointed, though, because it obviously a big 50s the end comes up on the screen. But no question mark. Oh, yeah, that's true. There should have been a question mark. Real big miss. Real big miss. Mm. Well, do you guys have any final notes before we get into ratings on on Monster? Do we miss any other great lines that were in this? Did we get them mm, all? I do remember who said uh, the Tinkerbell line. It was Lloyd. It was Lloyd. And the full line was... Um, <laughs> Let me just find it. He was talking about the construction crew unearthing uh, the monster and how he was super afraid. And he said that uh, they were unearthing an evil so black it makes Satan look like Tinkerbell. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Nice. Mm, yeah. Yes. That makes sense now. It did eat that dog and leave a lot of blood. Yeah. Pretty bad. Well, uh, j- let me just say, maybe it ate multiple dogs. We just didn't see it. Oh, off-screen dogs. Off-screen dogs, you know? 
I don't know why I'm, I'm making excuses for this movie, but maybe that's what was the answer and why there was so much blood. I saw an interesting credit as the movie started, Jordan, and I doubt you caught it. Um, and I don't know if this will mean anything to you, Jamie, but let's find out. Right off the top, there was a co-producer credit given to Star Trek Voyager's Tom Paris actor, Robert Duncan McCain. Oh. McNeil. And I was just like, why, why is he a co-producer on this movie? Oh, I didn't notice that. Weird. We'll never know. Why was why was Tom Paris involved in this movie? Who knows? He, maybe he, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just like, someone was like, put a little money in this. It's going to be a big hit. <laughs> He's got all that Voyager yeah, money kicking put around. Put some Voyager money in there. <laughs> all right. This is enough monster, I think, for everyone. So, Jamie, we like to rate these on a sort of IMDb scale. At a 10, 10 stars is sort of the idea. And obviously, you could rate it very critically and very straight. You can rate it based on your enjoyment of it. Uh, whatever criteria you feel is best, but out of, out of a 10, a possible 10, what would you give Monster? I would probably give it a 4 out of 10. Yeah. 4 out of 10. Well, let's find out if that's generous or not. <laughs> Jordan, what do you think Monster should be? I mean, I think the actual concept of this is is fun. I, I'll be honest, I never really loved the whole Scream thing. It always seemed like trying to be much more clever than it actually is. I think it it's a hard balancing act to do, so you'll give, you know, uh, you know, Wes Craven or whoever, like, a, a pass on some of these things. But, like, I just didn't, it just didn't really work on this movie. And, like, the performances are bad, and the script is bad, and it looks bad. It's, like, marginally entertaining. So I'll give it a three. A three. Very good. I think the first 15 minutes are the best 15 minutes. I like the opening of the movie. I like them driving into town and explaining the seven different mm-hmm. monster sequels, and then pulling up to that diner, and then just all the teens dressed and acting like that for no apparent reason. But after that, I was like, I can't take any more of this movie. That's that's about all I can handle. I'm going to go two. Hey, a four, three to two. Look at that. Look at that. A nice three average. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up. So, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us to watch Monster. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry. It's 25% your fault. <laughs> that's That's okay. I'll, I'll take the 25% blame for this one. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> it was actually pretty fun to talk about in the in the end. It was a, such an odd, odd little film. Uh, I'll never remember it tomorrow morning, but that's okay. You're still going to recommend it to people, right? No, I'm not even, I'm going to forget it ever <laughs> happened. It's, this is, this is going to be washed away. I just, it'll be gone from my brain immediately. <laughs> Luke, what would you rather watch? You have to watch this again or Rocket Boy again? Oof, oof. Maybe this, because it will be wiped from my brain. I like it's like I get Men in Black after I watch it. I don't right. have to ever remember what I saw. It, no, it's like you're in the town, and every three years yeah. they forget about it. Maybe every three years I watch Monster, and I just don't know. You know what? Maybe this movie is actually great. Maybe that's what they've done. They've like subliminally done that so that you just have to keep watching it every three years. Ah, uh, maybe. I think I'd still rather watch one of those Jars sequels. <laughs> At any rate, listener, it's almost the end of the episode, so that means I have to tell you about our initiative, Bonus Episodes for Charity. As if you've been listening to this uh, last round of podcasts know, we are gathering money for charity via this initiative where if you want us to go back, watch an episode of a show that we skipped out on, that we took the escape pod from, or one of the series where we are doing a best of, so we haven't watched all of Sliders, we haven't all watched all of First Wave, something along those lines, you can select an episode we haven't watched, you can donate money to a list of charities on our website as picked by our past guests, and we will go back and watch an old show. Uh, you can find out more on the website, continuedrag at podp- 
continuedrag.podbean.com or if you need more information, just email us here at continuedrag at gmail.com and I can fill you in on all the details. Um, and in the meantime, we're going to have clips from Monster on our social media so you can see, I don't know, tentacles, for sure tentacles. What else is in this movie? That The scene where the spike goes right between the guy's leg and the car, that was good. Um, I don't know, some of the scenes of the like uh, the zero charisma of our, of our cast. Probably a couple one-liners, right? Oh, you definitely have to have one-liners. Yeah, I gotta be a couple one-liners. Great, great. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope you get to see the monster. No, I'm gonna leave that out. I think I think the audience needs to go watch the movie for that one. <laughs> but you can find that all on uh, social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all at Continuing Drag. That's the handle of all of those places. And uh, that about wraps it up for this episode. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And Jordan, I will see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dalek and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes. <laughs>